Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today, I'm getting to sit down with one of my dear friends, Jillian Zettler, who I've had on the podcast before. Um, and today, Jill has come on so we can talk a little bit about the scandal that is New Year's resolution yes. <laughs> and all that goes with that. And though there is, I, you know, I think I said this on the podcast before this, but like there is a great energy of like clearing the slate and like people wanting to do better. But in that space, I think there is a lot of guilt and shame and what I did wrong and mm-hmm. can I do this? Can I complete it? And, you know, what I didn't get to, what I never started. Right. Will it all happen in 30 days? And if it's not 30, <laughs> it should be 60 or 90. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you always, Jill is one of the, um, our head instructors next door over at the Cycle Studio. And she always, do you have a way with words? Were you an English major? No. Oh. No, but I hated math, so okay. I, if you gave me, <laughs> if you told me to write a paper or do math problems, yeah. I would write a paper every you, time. But you do, you have a way of putting things that, I'm like, I'm like God, I never thought of it like that, but it's exactly how I feel. I just never put it into words. So talk to us about how you, what your, your take on this is, like what you talk about sometimes when we're on the bike. Well, I think it's funny because I don't actually ever remember committing to a New Year's resolution, but I remember being younger and feeling the pressure of like not having some sort of listicle. You know, I was never right. a daytimer person. That was not me. I was a professional procrastinator, which is kind of ironic that I pursued a career that involves a lot of planning. <laughs> but I do feel like one of the things that we talk about in the cycle studio a lot is to try to abandon external pressures, right? That that space over there is like an incubator to be able to just release mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and at this time of year, especially um, commercial, mental, otherwise, I feel like the pressure starts to compound and people feel like, oh my Ooh. God, I didn't get to that. Now's the time I better start. And if I don't, then somehow I'm, I'm failing myself and failing all the people around me. And I even think like people in your life can be like, like, what, what, oh, what's your resolution? And, and they probably don't mean it like in a bad way, but then you're like kind of on the spot and you're like, like there's some people, like I think Kira and I were talking about it and I was like, nothing, like nothing to be with people that I love, you know, yep. but there's other people that you feel like you got to like shoot off an answer and then that just generates the conversation more. And when your phone's listening to you, then it's going to start sending you ads about that. 100%, 100%. Yeah. So what do you think is a productive way to go about something? Just say maybe like a someone, com- like a someone comes up to you and they're like, Jill, you know, I had a really rough, a really rough December, really long December. Um, and I'm not like Dr. Jill, Dr. Jill, um, <laughs> you know, what would you, what would you say? What would you suggest? What do you feel like would be a good way to like invite people into that conversation? Well, one of the things we talked about this morning in class actually was this idea of practicing joy and no, I'm not a doctor. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I'm not qualified in any of that, but I, I found it really interesting. I was reading this article that they were talking about the literal practice of joy. So like if you can find places and spaces that give you a little bit of that healthy endorphin rush, if you feel safe and protected and loved and all of those things, which quite frankly, like these sweat spaces certainly do for me. And I know Mm -hmm. it does for a lot of people that habitual practice of showing up and recognizing what that feels like in your body. What I, what I said to the room this morning is 
That means that in those moments where everything feels like it's vanished, when it's not joyful, you can remember that joy inherently always lives in your body. Right. It's always there. And so, you know, whether it's your physical practice, whether it's spending time with a friend, whether it's a walk outside and being in nature, your body can chemically remember that it has the ability to be happy even when you, you feel stressed out. Gosh, that's so good. So true. It's so true. Like I was saying to Jill and Lindsay before we started rolling is that this year I, I was telling them, I think like turning 40, 41, like my hormones have just changed. And I know some people think that that's a bunch of shit, but wait till you turn 40. Um, <laughs> um, and I had been, when I had the twins, I had postpartum and I got on Lexapro and was on it for a really long time. And then I was like, maybe, you know, I want to try something different. Like, I don't know if this is still working. So I shifted my meds and it was not a good fit for me. Mm. And I kept staying on them because I was like, I was scared to jump ship because I didn't want to jump ship and make it worse. And I ended up talking to a few different doctors and then actually a psychiatrist friend of mine, Andrea Hawk, um, I called her and she was like, that is not the drug for you. She's like, that drug is for someone who can't get out of bed. She's like, so it's going to add so much extra like energy. Cause I was like, yep. I said to her, I was like, I want to punch a hole in the wall and that's not usually my MO. <laughs> like I'll lay down and cry with you, but I'm not like a rager, you know? Yeah, yeah. And she was like, what are you on? And I told her and she was like, oh yeah, yeah. And she was like, luckily this drug, because you're on such a low dose, you can just stop. And so I just stopped and was able to kind of get back on just a little bit of the Lexapro. And I think that just even having that conversation can be vulnerable for, for some people, right? Um, but I think the more that we talk about things, the more that we make things normalize things. 100%. Um, so even if you are like on a journey, maybe s similar to me, where you do have to have a lot of tools, you sweat, you meditate when you can, right? You phone a friend, you have somebody you talk to, you take medicine, you know, like it's good to check it in because if I wasn't aware, I would have been like, well, this is just who I am now. Yeah. Because a lot of people kept saying, well, maybe it's just, you know, just wait, it's the hormones, it's the hormones. And I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to rage. I want to tap people with my car. Well, and then especially <laughs> this time of year, you add to that, that there's, you know, all the languages like sparkle and happiness and gratitude. And you're supposed to be in this like supreme state of joy, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what commercially. It's the happiest sold. time of year. Yeah. You know, I mean, wherever you go and, and listen, I, if that's, if, if you are generally in that space, then that's awesome. But I know that there are so many people who are not. And, you know, the first time I was on the podcast, we talked a lot about our own shared yep. grief and this week is particularly hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, tomorrow is, is my son's birthday. Yep. And, you know, he would be nine years old this mm -hmm. year, which is wild to think about. But the thing that um, that I've learned to do over the past nine years is also to articulate the random moments that feel sad. Yeah. Right. To not like bury it under the surface. And I was like literally sitting at the counter <laughs> with Spencer yesterday at home and he turned around washing the dishes and he was like, are you OK? And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. In this moment, I'm not. Right. Like, I'll be OK. But I have, you know, I was like, I have a case of the weepies yeah. right now. Yeah. And he's like, all right, we turn the music up loud and oh, I cried I for a minute him. and you know, yeah, but not trying, not trying to bury it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so valid too. I think that's the thing about mental health is that we all want to put on that happy face. Mm -hmm. Welcome. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like shaking. Um, and I say this sometimes in class and I think this goes for across the board, but like the people that I choose in my life, like my inner circle, I don't care if they completed their resolution and now have a six pack and a great ass. I mean, Hey, bonus for sure. But it's the people that I can call and be like, I'm in a bind. 
like I'm in a really sticky spot and I need help or I need advice or I just need to cry. Like you said, 100%. And I think what Jill said is so valid too. It's like she, like she was, you know, in a moment then that doesn't mean that it like is all encompassing because all the time, sometimes it can be, but I mean, I definitely hop between crying and laughing within five minutes. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like, you know, you're, um, you know, your grief goes, Oh, by the way, it's the holidays. Like we'll pause all that. I'll get back to you in the middle of January. You know, those moments of loss or trauma or shame or like whatever it is that you're working through when it comes for you, it comes for you. Yeah. And you know, and that's why we also talk a lot in the room about trying to be energetically connected to the people that are around you. You Mm -hmm. know, I was listening to the radio, um, on the way to drop live to school and and one of the um one of the hosts was talking about how when you smile at someone that 85% of the time they'll smile back mm-hmm. and in the 15% that they don't it's because they legitimately didn't see you or that things feel so heavy that they physically can't yeah and I, that was literally like i Spencer and I looked at each other and i'm like think about that right like 85% of the time you'll get the smile back mm-hmm. but in that other little nugget someone is it's either way too heavy or they just didn't see you yeah it's so true so we need to keep smiling at people yes because you know what I had a situation the other day and I'm so glad you said that I'm gonna call myself out I was literally leaving the studio in Mount Pleasant (laughs) and I must have been after my Saturday class I don't remember but I was in my car and this woman was like walking across I had pulled back to pull around and this woman maybe a little bit younger than me was like walking across the street and I smiled and I waved at her and she like stopped dead in her tracks and like kind of like gave me an evil eye so I mean maybe she saw me maybe she didn't and then kept going and I literally was on the phone with John and I was like what the fuck and I was like okay give give he was like okay but we talked about that that's what I was saying it's like I mean we've all done it right like what the hell was that look for and that look maybe somebody's like lost someone yeah or yeah totally completely confused about what to do next. And, you know, we talk about grace a ton. And so, you know, to me, it's like, we can give 15% grace. Yes, right? we can. We can give more than 15%. Yes. yes. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a hard and weird time of year. It is. And I feel like the older that I get, the harder and the weirder it gets. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like the older I get, the harder and the weirder I get too. Um, but no, I think just to recap this, I love these little chats that I get to have with the people that are the characters that surround me in my life that keep me sane and floating. Um, you know, if you want to do something for the month of January, amazing, but make sure it's probably something you want to do in March and April and June and July, you know, like something that's going to serve you and not like totally stress you out. Um, I think it's good to challenge ourselves in certain ways. Like I told you guys, the month of December was my month of meditation. Have I carried it? TBD. Um, but enjoy it and not beat yourself up about it. And if somebody maybe there's, I think there's a difference too, between accountability and like, like taunting someone. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Invite your friends. We love when you guys are in our rooms. I think it was either you or Chan said this the other day, but it's like, we love big full rooms. Like, not because it's like a big ego toot. I mean, it's a little one, but like, it's just more fun. It's when so the fun. energy is there, right? So find something you love to do, whether it's with us or at another studio or gym or an art class or, you know, something that you absolutely love and like, make sure that you want to lean into that and create that as part of your systems and not just part of like, I did this for 30 days and then I'll do it again in, you know, the, another 11 months. 
And the feminist in me says that if someone tells you to smile, you can tell them to go take a hike, yeah. right? But in this particular season, if you can look people in the eyes and you can hold a glance and you can smile and let them be seen, then this is definitely the time of year to check on your people and tell them that you love them. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Well, I love you. I love you too. Thank you guys for listening. You know where to check Jill out. She's always next door at the work cycle and her class is so freaking good. And she just picked up this class on Sunday at 8 a.m. and it's called Soulful Sundays. Is that what it's called? Yes. Oh, I, it's so good. I like have chills right now. It's, it's amazing. Jill also plays some of my favorite music and her playlists are super curated and the, the talk or the sermon she gives really goes along (laughs) with a lot of the music. So go check Jill out. Um, and, uh, we'll see you guys soon. Send this to all your friends and tell them to come check us out too.